Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode 69. Yeah. Yeah. 69. Uh, I'm your first host, Cello. And I'm host number two, D. And I am host number three, Corey. And since we have not had a drinking episode in a long time, just make it known that I'm pretty much drinking every episode. So now I'm having a beer. (laughs) I should so go grab one of my cerveja with a side of wine that's waiting until I'm finished with my beer. Damn, that's double a good fisting. idea. I want to. Let's get away with the drunk episodes and let's just drink every episode. Well, yeah. I've been doing that for a while now. I just haven't really said it. Said it. <laughs> You're a very well-spoken drinker. Mm. He's Irish. He's not drunk. I just drink. Yeah, that's why I said drinker and not drunkard. Well. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's do that thing. Those things we have to do to get to keep sure the, um, the lights on. It hey, we're brought to you, brought to you by escrowmybits.com. It's fast, super easy, and it only takes three steps. Um, those three steps are registering and depositing. Then the seller will ship the item. The buyer checks the goods and releases the funds. Ooh. And they also offer. Bitcrow escrow with a locked exchange rate. So no matter where you are in the world with your money, they got you covered. And they're going to charge you a small flat escrow fee of 1% on all escrow transactions. And they even offer you the ability to split the fee with the other party. Um, man, they really thought of everything. So we want there to no longer be any excuses on why not to use escrow. So go to that website. That's escrowmybits.com and sign up for that motherfucking newsletter, son. D, hit him with that jingle. And escrow your shit with escrowmybits.com. Nice. And then huh? a great way to donate. Oh, what's up? Nothing. Wait, what was up? Nothing. Okay. Well, I, w- I want to hear Corey's uh, jingle on this next one. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Purchase your shit with purse. I like yeah. that one. Purchase your shit with purse.io. <laughs> I love that. Um, there's a banner. There's a banner on our website. Uh, all you have to, if you're going to do your Amazon shopping like you normally do, just go to our website, BitcoinPodcast.com. Click on the purse.io banner, and uh, you know it's going to kick back a little love to the show. And um, you know you save yourself a little bit of money, and a little bit of money goes to the show, and we can keep doing what we're doing. Maybe even make it better. If that's possible, maybe even make it better. Maybe, maybe it, that's a strong maybe because we're the best ever already. No I'm kidding. We we would definitely love the support. Uh, we need we need better microphones and we need to build a studio. And yeah, <laughs> those are all <laughs> dreams of ours to be able to research we, we all need to be in the same room first yes that's very true we all need to we're like dragon balls right now we're scattered all over the world you know that's right I, it may be either the best thing that could happen or the worst thing that could happen to this podcast if we're all in the same room either things just devolve into just terrible conversation or we form Voltron. and a hole is greater than the sum of its parts <laughs> like the dragon balls the, or voltron voltron it's clearly, I'm I'm just calling dibs on the black lion. Throwing that out there, black falcon. <laughs> Nevertheless, <laughs> um, I think it'd be awesome, man. We'd be able to like do this, but better because we're getting paid to do like Bitcoin research and travel around, talk to people, and yeah. So we have big dreams for the show. If you guys want to be a part of those dreams coming true, let us know by buying Can't gears. Stop, won't stop. Yeah, can't stop, won't stop. Get your stuff through purse, and then we get a little bit of the kickback. It's kind of cool, actually. So, nevertheless. So now that we're done plugging our sponsors and affiliations, mm-hmm. 
we uh, we we have a great interview. It was actually the largest amount of people we've had in a single interview. It was all three of us. Was it all three of us? Chiller, were you there? I was there. Yep. I yeah, started out there, but the internet in uh, Iowa sucks. Four others. Four others? Three others? I'm terrible at this. Anyway, there's a three. lot of us. I think it was seven in total. And three. the conversation was not overwhelming. We didn't talk over each other. The conversation was great. It was ubiquity. They're uh, throwing real estate on the blockchain like true bosses. But before mm-hmm. we get to that, I guess we had a few things we wanted to talk about beforehand. Yeah, I got a I got a crazy story though. Just before we dive into Bitcoin stuff, I my daughter was born on the day I closed my house. So when she was born at the hospital, I had a I couldn't focus on that because I had to run around the hospital looking for a notary for my uh, for my uh, tracking and transferring the deed, and then I had to drive back forty miles to sign a paper, and they needed my wife's signature. Cause she's on the loan too. So I had to drive back to the hospital after she just had a baby and get her signature. Then I had to drive back and hand it off to the office. And then when she came home from the hospital, that's when we moved into our house and it was a big pain in the ass. And these people are making it as easy as sending an email. That's how it is. They're streamlining the real estate like empire. It's amazing. And I wish I could have used it. Maybe your kid will. Oh yeah, my my kids are gonna have it great. I mean, fintech is gonna make this world like fucking uh, iRobot and shit. It's just gonna be life is gonna be so easy, man. But we'll oh, get back yeah. to that. Let's let's talk about um uh like Corey's articles and stuff. You can go ahead and introduce that. D, do you want to say something? I I just think it'd be like Minority Report, and I'm okay with that. Like the future. Like, if you're walking around in the mall and your eyes get scanned and all of a sudden the advertisements are, like, talking to you and you can just buy a bunch of stuff before you even walk in the store and then you just walk in the store and get it and walk out, it's the kind of feature I want. Pure consumerism. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because Corey posted a link on Reddit. And did you know that your sphincter is... uh, you know how like your <laughs> fingerprint is like your own encoding where well, your sphincter is just as uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's unique. just as um unique. Unique. So instead yeah. of scanning your eyes, they can like scan your sphincter in the future. Which sphincter? Your your anus? It brings a it brings a new meeting to <laughs> David Elspeth. <laughs> Spread your cheeks and lift your sack. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks Corey and thanks Reddit. I'm learning so much. Yeah, today I learned yeah. really some new and interesting things. Uh, but before There's we get to sphincters. the sweet, awesome future of unlocking your iPhone with your butthole, um, <laughs> we're going to take a few stumbles along the way with how we how we get to this. And we're currently in the process of recovering from such a stumble with the DAO and Ethereum and how it's going to move forward. And so currently... Uh, Gavin Wood has kind of submitted the first mm, provisionary hard fork code to GitHub, the parity client. And uh, because the vast majority of people who use the platform don't read code, especially something as I mean, Rust isn't that hard to read, in my opinion, but those who don't code don't have any experience reading code. So I wrote a line by line description. For layman's, I tried to make it as easy as possible to understand of of what this hard fork uh, provisional code does and what it doesn't do. Uh, I put that on the Medium blog and it's gotten quite a bit of attention. So if you want to know what's happening with the kind of bleeding edge state of where the hard fork lies and what where we're currently at, then go read that. Give me some feedback if I said something wrong. Uh, so far, it's been pretty pretty positive. How do you do the about the author part at the bottom? That's my question. You just you just do it. What do you mean? How do you, how do you do that? You write it. Yeah, but how do you how do you make it so? Is that like something that Medium provides, or no, do you do that it. each it's time? Part of the formatting. I'll show you, you how to do show it me after, after the show. That's kind of cool. I, I like that part. That. How did you get that picture in front of waterfalls at Photoshop? No, that's that's me at a at a at a waterfall near 
an hour and a half east of Brasilia. How'd you get those sunglasses or those Photoshop or? No, nothing's Photoshop. That's hundred percent real. Oh awesome. God. That's no wonder it looks glasses. so nice. Yeah. All real. Jeez. So you study computer science in the mountains and the waterfalls. Well, that, I was at a conference for that picture and that happened to be around a lot of ridiculously beautiful waterfalls because the city that a Perinopolis is the name of the city. It's similar. It's somewhat close to the Amazon. So you have a lot of really pretty nature. Man. Shit. It's like if Blaze McKenzie were a good good dude. That's the picture. That's what I'm going for. I'm going nice. for that. Well, um, yeah, so I guess that's a lot of plugging, but that wasn't necessarily a plug for Corey's blog. That's he, He's trying to take this code, which no one wants to do, and go through and line by line and, and say what this code is doing. And so if you go ahead and take a look, have a read. Um and open discourse below the medium blog like comment and, and leave some leave some comments and click that heart button and uh yeah most definitely um so what else is happening in bitcoin that we could toss out there to you? or would, do you want to go deeper into the details of your blog no, there's not much to it. It's essentially, I mean, it's, I, w- I would like to say that what's currently happened right now, what's currently been submitted is not the full hard fork proposal. It's essentially a skeleton of the proposal, which will then be filled in with the meat. So how the de- like the specific details of how Ether is going to be taken out, how the, do- how the DAO tokens um, will be associated with pulling out Ether and so on and so forth, is yet to be determined. This is essentially setting up a framework that allows you to fill in those details. Uh, at least that's how I understand it. What this okay. basically does is takes all ether associated with all child DAOs and the main DAO and throw them into a single contract, which happens to be the main DAO's original contract, and then allows you to change the byte code associated with the DAO. So the original contract of the DAO and all of its functions can just be changed. That's what the hard fork does, which will end up being some type of mechanism for pulling out the ether, which has been accumulated into it. Uh, how that's done and the specifics of it is yet to be determined and will be probably the main contention of how this fork is done and whether or not it's worth doing. So stay tuned. I'll be writing about that in detail and trying to explain it in a way that's accessible to people who don't understand code. Very nice. Well, for other news in Bitcoin. Yeah, so let's switch over to Bitcoin because we've kind of all we've of neglected this, Bitcoin. This stuff, well, we haven't been neglecting it. Is that the main stories, which you really can't ignore, have been happening in Ethereum, and this is incredibly important for all of cryptocurrency. If like the things that we learn from this from these lessons in Ethereum and the DAO will be everlasting in all of cryptocurrency if smart contracts are a thing. And in my opinion, smart contracts will be a thing in the future and how we do a lot of how a lot of things and how we program them and how we interact with them and what's important about them are becoming very apparent very quickly with um, these lessons we're learning from the DAO. So what about the instance when smart contracts are going to be programmable on the Bitcoin blockchain? Um, what does that do for Ethereum? Or I don't know, because, does that... because the underlying language of Bitcoin is uh, inherently limited on yeah. purpose, the general nature of what you can program will also be limited with the smart contracts on Bitcoin. Under my current understanding, there may be some way to, to, to expand that with a layer on top of Bitcoin that is currently being worked on but I haven't looked enough into it to really kind of let you know. So, but the details and the subtleties of the, the economics, the technicalities and the social nature of social of like of smart contracts is being heavily elucidated um, with huge ramifications to the, I guess the health of the network itself. Mm-hmm by what's happened with Ethereum and the DAO. We're seeing why it's important to do things 
securely. And when one giant things go bad, what that happen, what happens to the entire network by itself. So I mean, watching this is important. Absolutely. Well, I, for one, I, th- I think we're coming near the end of the Dow debacle. Things are on the up and up. Um, so stay tuned to, if, if you don't follow Corey, go follow him now on Twitter. Follow him now on Medium. Because Corey is like an inside man for us here at the Bitcoin Podcast. What's going on with the Dow? And then that easily trickles into Ethereum. But uh, what the dogs in the background want to know is what's going on with Bitcoin. So I think the biggest news has been what's going on in China and them starting to starting the process of being able to, you know, have some legal ramifications to someone if they steal your Bitcoin. So do you, are you guys interested in that? What's going on in China? I am. I'm just trying uh, to mute my mic while the dog's barking. Jello? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on over there right now, so fill me in, bro. So basically what they're doing is they're trying to make digital currency, digital assets protectable under civil law, um, which before, it's, it, it means that it's becoming less of a wild, wild west and more of a kind of more civilized community that is backing Bitcoin. So everybody and their mama in this space knows that like China is, sorry, I didn't mean to say that like Trump, but (laughs) sometimes sometimes you have to. China, China. Anyways, China buys a lot of Bitcoin. They trade a lot of Bitcoin. Um, well, having these kind of laws in place will give them, I guess, more comfort in being able to actually just hold Bitcoin and, and not be so speculative with it, start using it more in their everyday lives. Um, yeah, it definitely is a like, remember, we used to say all the time a stamp of approval uh, for Bitcoin as a currency. Well, this was a huge one. Um because it's like it's basically like China given the green light, which for those of you who've been around long enough know way back in 2014, China gave Bitcoin kind of like the yellow slash red light when they were like, mm, Bitcoin kind of sucks, so we're going to shut it down. And then that caused a little crash. But now they've totally flipped, it seems, a 180 from that. And now they are putting down the groundwork to i guess introduce bitcoin as a bona fide money-like commodity so now we've got money-like commodity status going on in china we've got that china we've got that going on in japan um i mean bitcoin like Corey said he's like the development's moving towards ethereum and the excitement it seems is moving towards ethereum but bitcoin is like slowly chipping away at the status it set out to do and that is as a currency so, yeah, big news. I thought, anyways, that's what I read today. It's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely good news. It's but it, the development of Bitcoin hasn't stopped. That's continuing to go. But I guess you can always say that a technology has almost made it when it becomes boring. Mm-hmm. At least underlying protocols and and people are because all these other things are happening elsewhere. No one's really paying attention to it. But the mm-hmm. development is just just chugging along great. Well, uh, you- there has been somewhat stagnation in the confirmation times and fullness of blocks lately. That may I'm not exactly sure why I haven't looked into it, but it may be I think they've um, they've recently merged Segway into into Bitcoin. I need to look into that further. They did. They did so do we'll that. We'll talk about that probably next episode as when I when I have a better understanding of what that means and why possibly the, the confirmation times of a lot of people's um, simple transactions is taking days, so on and so forth. Um, would you guys like to hear some quotes from some of the Chinese exchanges on what this legal process, how it's going to affect Bitcoin? Only if you do terrible Chinese accents. Ooh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> this is about to go down. All right, so this is the OKCoin founder. Disclaimer. Yes. This is going to get bad. This is going to get bad. I'm going to. Andrew Lee already gave us his interview, so no harm done. All right. Damn. Okay. The central bank defined Bitcoin as a virtual commodity in 2013. However, 
digital assets. I'll, see, the baby already wants me to stop. The baby's already like, please stop. Well, you had a very good sensei going on, but okay, you can continue with normal voice. Okay, okay. Digital assets are different from traditional properties in a sense due to their virtual features. That makes it difficult to be incorporated into the traditional object, which is normally categorized as chattel and real estate. You know how difficult that is to actually pay attention to when you say it in that voice? I That's got just because you know me. That because I was trying to get past how you were saying it. Does that mean the accent's that bad? or I don't know. Because if, if a Chinese person was saying it, I'd be able to understand him fully. But just getting past the ridiculousness of it. My, is it because of my black face with the Chinese accent is <laughs> just not impossible. matching up? All right, I'll write. I'll read a shorter one in the accent for one last time. Uh, please, nobody see us. Um, here we go. It is the manifestation of legal progress in China, and it will benefit the Bitcoin industry in the long term. Okay, I heard that. I think I'm just getting used to it. You'd like that one? Better. Okay, so basically, you know, it's good news. Um, we have Hugh Wen, uh, the Hubi chief. I can't say that exchange. Huobi chief of staff. And he said, um, the new draft is still in discussion version now. We're also paying attention to the progress and we're hoping for good news. So it's, it's a process that's starting, but it's looking like the legal, I guess, uh, infrastructure is being paved for Bitcoin to be money. So. Yay, Bitcoin. It's funny. We always talk about infrastructure being paved. and it's, That's exactly what's going on. But I wonder how long, like i just just curious, how long are we going to just talk about infrastructure all the time? It takes a while, man. It took a whole long time to manifest our destiny heading out west to Cali way, California way. But well, that's it's, something that's, I guess, it's very, it's, we see this manifestation of almost impatience all the time. In mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies, people are like, why aren't we there yet? Well, it takes a long time to get there. And you're going to screw up. And it will almost be so gradual when you're watching it happen and waiting for it that you're not really going to know when it happens. Because you're mm-hmm. so kind of in the weeds that you never pick your head up and look around and say, oh, we're there. It's just I'm worried about other issues now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about time to get an interview. Do we get? Should we go yeah. into it? another episode of McKibben and Saucier? McKibben and Saucier coming at you. Uh, well, Saucier wasn't there. Saucier was an yeah, important know. undercover this mission in Europe. I pay, I paid to get the theme song done, so I kind of just want to play it anyway. Yeah, here it is. Uh, <laughs> here it is. On tonight's episode of McKibben and Saucier. Can you go around the table and tell us who you are? Oh, are we doing that? Yeah, we're doing that. Let's do that then. <laughs> Multitasking. Before so, you tell us about your property, tell us who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, for, of course, as guests, who wants to go first? Ladies first. <laughs> Sorry, Marina. Um, yes, uh, I'm Marina, and I'm a full-time realtor, and... Obviously, also, I don't know what you would call me, nerd, <laughs> realtor slash nerd, <laughs> officially their um, real estate advisor and chief real estate officer. So I'm um, basically helping me. Actually, I'm really just getting these guys. I'm telling them all my problems as far as what I see on a daily basis and how the blockchain can help me and all the families I help. Interesting. Sweet. 
Welcome to the show. And Thanks. next. McKibben, you're up. What's going on, guys? Um, I'm Matt McKibben. You guys have uh, interviewed me before. I'm the director of business development here at Ubiquity. Um, and uh, really passionate. You know, I love the, the, the ability to register property. It's just an awesome concept. And that's one of the main things why I came on board. Also, I'm going to do a shameless plug. DTNE.org, July 19th, 20th, Conference on Decentralization. I'm helping to put that on as well, so you should check it out. Our CTO, Christian, will be there speaking on a panel. And Yeah, and Ubiquity is a strategic partner of D10E. <laughs> yes, um, I'm, I'm Nathan Wozniak. This is my first time on the show. Super excited. I've been listening to your podcast for a long time. Brought you guys a bunch of excellent speakers, everyone from Ubiquity people to Chris Horlacher of Equibit, another organization that Christian and I are a part of. Um, I don't know what my story is. I guess I'm just an early Bitcoin adopter. I actually got into it in 2009, uh, stepped away for a bit, but came back and realized that the decentralized world of blockchain and real estate is probably the next big thing that's coming up. And I'm honored to be working with such brilliant people to be pioneering this industry. So thanks for having me on. Sweet. That is awesome. And, uh, we're definitely really, really excited to have you all on, especially it, as this is the first time we've had so many people on together, and I'm hoping it, it really kind of meshes well and gives us a nice conversation. I know a lot of people follow what you guys do in the space, and I'm sure they're just as excited as we are to hear from you. So back to what Cello asked you in the first place. You want to go ahead and ask again, Cello? Yeah, sorry, Tarantino did a little bit there. Um, and, and for our listeners that don't know, uh, Nathan's probably helped us out more than any other guest. Like he's just really uh, generous with his time, and like he said, he's he's been a you know a part of the show, even though this is his first time on. So I want people to know just how awesome him and his company is. <laughs> Thanks. I'm a little bit radio shy sometimes, so it's my it. first time on a podcast. Period. You're my first. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so so back uh, to the first point. Uh, out of me, Corey, and D, I, uh, I I bought a house about a year and a half ago, and and I dealt firsthand with title companies and and notaries and and databases, and and paying all these different parties was was very expensive and very cumbersome. Um, yeah. And then you guys are coming along, and you're streamlining the industry. Can you explain a little bit uh, how using blockchain is going to streamline the real estate process and disintermediate many of these middlemen? I guess, Matt, you can get started. <laughs> get started. Uh, well, so the first thing is we, we, I was kind of – you guys are the Bitcoin show. You know what a blockchain is. But for the viewers, maybe there's someone that's not – doesn't know what a blockchain is out there. God forbid. You know, blockchain is something where you can immutably – well, not in the case of the DAO, but uh, immutably record uh, <laughs> uh, some piece of information. Uh, you know, if one of the first apps was, was a currency and you can do that, uh, and then – now we're going to be able to record uh, or color with ours, color a specific uh, piece of Bitcoin and make it a, a property record. Um, with that record, then we can have multiple parties come together, record uh, in, a, in an immutable way what work has been done and what title searching has been done um, that everyone can see. And then if that title company is trusted and they have responsibilities, uh, whatever information is put on there, they're held responsible for that. Um, in that way, um, uh, as we go along in time, if they, as there's a question of what has been done on the property or there's a disaster or anything like that, that can be referenced uh, and we know that that information hasn't been altered or changed or, or uh, fraudulent in any way. Yeah. I noticed that we're not here saying we're going to verify every piece of data that's on there. Well, in terms of... Um accuracy what we're doing is we're basically saying this is authentic you know this transaction happened at this period of time using the power of the blockchain with an immutable stamp rather than you know of course jobs like people who are going to be data entry clerks and, and title insurance companies they're still going to be entering that data there may be opportunities for teaching them how to use platforms like ours um, but I don't think it's going to do anything like we're not going to be able to um, uh, have a platform that verifies rather than just, you know, verifies that data. Really, we're allowing these clerks and uh, title companies to put that information in. We're just saying it exists. 
um, through a decentralized platform. And I think that's going to give us uh, a little bit more leverage or I guess um, I guess more legitimacy compared to the centralized systems that are out there that are open to attack, open to being hacked and falsified. What you also have is a, if I, if I understand this correctly, a lot of different places where titles can go. And yeah. having a central place that's not, I guess, central may not be the right way, having one place where all things go that's also decentralized and has access, everyone has access to it, really yeah. kind of keeps redundancy from happening or the pain of trying to find some type of information that you're currently looking for. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is one of the this is definitely one of the use cases that you've seen, like when people were struggling to find reasons for Bitcoin and blockchain. This is the one that kept coming up of like, well, in the future, this is this is going to be the way things work, and it it but no one ever did it, right? It, it was yeah. clear that this is the one of the most obvious use cases that we have because the system that we have sucks, and, <laughs> but everyone has to use yeah. it because everyone wants to buy a house. And but no one was doing it, and you guys are really putting a lot of effort and work into making this a reality. I think that's awesome. Oh, thanks so much. Absolutely. You know, we we keep seeing these news articles that talk about all well, real estate is going to be disrupted, and uh, in the future there might be a platform that comes out, and in the maybe in two years, according to this Goldman Sachs report, there might be infrastructure, and we're looking at that going. Well, wait a second. We're working on this right now. We're adding data to the system right now, and although it's a baby, and although it's a very bare-bones, vanilla-type system, eventually it's going to grow into be, we hope, and we're working very hard and diligently on that to make it something that's going to be really usable by not just the U.S. markets and Canadian, but you know, global markets uh, on a grand scale. And um, that's, I mean, that's a tall order, but you know what? We're big dreamers, and we're making this happen, and uh, quite excited about that. Well, this is definitely one of those situations where um, I think this is one of the, I guess, this idea that Andreas talks about of failing to scale, yeah. uh, that this could also be a part of. And you, if you start small and have a certain amount of use cases or you're, you're, you have a certain market that you do really well, uh, but you mm -hmm. may not do something else, you can you can scale with the scaling of Bitcoin or you can scale on your own, however you need to. But as long as you do this gracefully and that you slowly yeah. allow and accommodate um, more and more users to, to, to be a part of this gracefully and it works, then it, it, you're doing your job. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we're quite excited about is that we've actually gotten quite a lot of these prefabricated homes um, organizations contacting us. Uh, for example, there's one that's out in Texas that you all know, or y'all know. Yeah. That's my, that's my Canadian impression of y'all. Yeah. Uh, y'all. Y'all, eh? Um, <laughs> so a company called Rising Barn had actually reached out to us over uh, social media, over Twitter, and was quite interested in what we were doing. And we've been speaking with uh, Peter French, one of their co-founders, uh, about this system and getting them onboarded. And people have just been coming out of the woodwork to work with us and uh, we're not jumping on board with big organizations. We're starting small, you know, hanging out, you know, picking up the low-hanging fruit, the, the organizations that we think would be easy to have a clear, clean um, record to start, and then expanding from there. You know, have maybe it's sort of like the genesis of the Bitcoin, but we're sort of having the genesis of the blockchain and real estate with our platform. Is there a core? You mind if? Uh, Go ahead. I just want to know. Uh, you know, you mentioned Rising Barn, and then you guys have a. Uh, a partnership with BitHouse as well. Is there a yeah. difference between, I guess, a quote-unquote tiny home and a prefabricated house, or is it kind of the same thing? It seems I mean, like it's a... I can I can answer that. Go ahead, Rena. <laughs> Depends on if you're getting a mortgage. Depending on if you're paying cash. Depending on if you own the land or if you're renting the land. There's lots of different. There's lots of differences, but it's not so much in the structure itself. It's in the um, how it's classified if you're depending on what you're doing with it you know what I mean if you're getting a mortgage lenders have certain criteria and it's classified one way and there's certain mortgages that apply and then other ones that don't if you're renting the land it's different if it, or if you're if you're building it yourself so there's it's much more not the structure but the paperwork and the classifications behind it now oh, okay. your strategic but they all need a clean title record of course <laughs> right yeah. So the, so the, 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 go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. 
Oh no, I was making a re- I was gonna make a reference to Lena Dunham, but I'll skip it. <laughs> yeah, it's so like the uh, I guess the is the strategy behind doing these tiny homes. Is it to get in this niche because you think it's going to explode, or to try and adopt a certain amount of um, customers that is appropriate to what you think you can handle at the time, and making sure you do that well before you try and scale. They reached yeah. out to us. I mean, they reached out to us, right? They did. They did. And I mean, um, yeah, we, we want to make sure that we can take on enough clients uh, with the existing platform and our infrastructure that uh, Christian has been so graciously and brilliantly creating and developing for us. Um, but yeah, we, we're starting small with people like these prefab homes, and we're we're working with um, other other companies as well. But we don't want to we don't want to basically say bring on a giant say title insurance company that might just break our system. Uh, we'd like to be able to prove that it actually works, that people are finding value in it, and that um, they can give us their feedback on their pain points and features and, and form fields that are required um, as we're going along in this. Because you know, at this point, we're still pre-alpha. Uh, we do have a plan to launch the alpha this summer. Um, and, and with that, it's going to be a lot of testing and bug tracking and breaking it and making sure that we get this thing rock solid before we make big claims and say, hey, giant title insurance company with millions of customers, jump on board. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely something that I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear y'all are doing because one aspect of this is that it kind of can't fail. Or yeah. if it does fail, there needs to be some type of mechanism to get these titles back and, and make sure that everyone has the... Uh, the proof that they own the property that they currently have. Well, and one of the things that ours does is we we don't tend to we don't want to replace anything at this time. We're a par- completely parallel system. Ah, okay. So the now that doesn't mean that in five years when the real estate blockchain reform act comes out uh, <laughs> that says you must register your house on the blockchain. Um, that we won't be ready and you know uh, doing all that, but we, we want to be parallel. We want to, you know, you, you still have to register your stuff in the county recorder. You still have to go through all of the legal requirements. But um, we can definitely see a, a time in the future where, you know, your title is represented by the digital asset, and when you're ready to transfer it, you uh, hit send with your private key and you're done. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if you've if you've thought about this. Um, I'm I'm probably pretty sure you have, but doing that parallel system is almost free advertising because yeah. when someone goes through all of the pain points required to um, buy a house or sell a house or you know do all the things required to own a property, and then at the end they do all of those things in a few seconds for redundancy purposes, they're gonna be like, well, why don't we just do that? Like, well, we're, we're moving towards that. It's like, why don't we just do that now? Yeah, well, I'm doing that Friday, right? So I have a closing. Um, and so as added value, something that no one else is doing in the country, I'm giving my buyer, hey, this is what I'm doing for you. I'm giving him as a gift. I mean, it's not like a tangible, like you can hold your hand and, you, you know, you can hold it in your hands, but I'm going to record him to our system. It's very, again, not as complex as it will be, but what is going to happen at the county recorder is going to happen on our platform for my client on Friday. And then going forward, and it's just something that's awesome as far as, oh, okay, I don't know what this is, but okay, sounds great, and explain it to them. And so let it build like a snowball that way and just sort of be an added bonus. The first ever real property registered on the blockchain in the United States, (laughs) I believe. Is that is that the case? And we're no. announcing it here on I, the show. I think I think Christian. Well, there's, a, there's already yeah. yeah. <laughs> Christian BS <laughs> Saucier. But I'm the first. I'm the first realtor doing that. Technically, <laughs> nice. there it is. And I figured that was a good idea and the uh, added value for my client. Brilliant. Like you could even perhaps, uh, Marina, have a like have them as closing gifts or something for your clients too. <laughs> You're being silly. Yes. That is exactly what it will be. The paperwork's already done. The paperwork's already going to be submitted to the city, and so I might as well just replicate it and enter the data into the blockchain, into our platform. We can... Can Forever, on there, forever. Can we we see, like, go on the the blockchain explorer and see, like, picture of a house and some pieces of information? I think that'd be really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, if it's Absolutely. not there now, the, the the technology to do it is not that far off, and I'm sure those platforms will be built out so that it's just it's almost a beautiful way to shop or see things and show people. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, Matt, you are, um, Matt, you brought up an interesting point about how regulations are going to come into place here. You know, here in the future, and um, we our, maybe if you want to mention, like at our last meetup, we had some people from the Chamber of Digital Commerce to meet with you um, to discuss sort of maybe where that might be going uh, I mean yeah they're, they're, uh, they're looking at what it is I mean there's go, it's going to affect regulations it's going to affect lots of different parties and that's what what the Chamber of Commerce does is it it's a you know trade organization um, which allows for different industry players to come together and um, uh, come to a consensus on policy and mm-hmm. um, then you know they're going. They're taking a step and taking looking at. Wow, this is going to be a huge area of blockchain technology. There's going to be a lot of players, especially with real property. And so they're they're looking at it. Um, there's nothing specific, I think, that's public that they're doing, but um, they definitely want to be one step ahead of the game. And since uh, we're one step ahead of the game, I think uh, with with what we're trying to do, uh, it makes sense to you know have an open dialogue about uh, the issues. Absolutely, and and didn't you guys actually have Perion Boring as a guest on your show a couple times as well? Yeah, we did. We did. Fantastic. Yeah, she was on like quite early in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was one of our. I think she was our first female guest when we first started out. Uh, that might be right. It's been a while now. Yeah. It feels like it's. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, time's we're, been we're flying by. Out like eight shows a month now compared to four. It was quick. Yeah, you guys are growing pretty quickly and getting a lot of guests. It's awesome. Yeah, when I, I was... wanted to mention also Vermont. Remember, Nathan? Vermont is exploring this. I mean, they're thinking yes. they're still they're not ready for it, but they actually themselves um, have started exploring it. So they're seeing that they're going to need to have some cost savings and efficiency. Yeah. Up yeah. coming up in the future here. <laughs> right. They put out that report back in January that they compiled, and I know that Coindesk made a reference to it, I think back in April or May, and we went through it. It was 35 pages. We we actually wrote a letter to to the people that wrote those articles. and So the state of Vermont has gotten our letter, <laughs> nice cotton paper and written quite well, and say, mm-hmm. stating basically, you know, we are addressing a lot of these issues that you brought up with um, title recording systems, and um, you know we haven't heard back, but we'll keep nudging them until they pay attention. <laughs> yeah, it's just it gives me hope side. that they actually realize there's cost savings and efficiency to be had, and they actually want to study it. Absolutely, <laughs> I have Absolutely. hope. <laughs> so, is the uh, is the international? This is a this is a mouthful. The International Blockchain Real Estate Association. Um, are, are they as cutting edge as you guys? Are you guys affiliated? Um, are you mortal enemies? How's, how does that work? No, we're not mortal enemies. Uh, we, we haven't joined the organization just yet. Um, their, their founder, uh, Ragnar, is going to be actually a, is going to be a moderator for the D10E conference that's coming up. We're going to have a blockchain and real estate um, a panel, and, of course, Christian's going to be on that as well. So um, I, I, we just haven't, we haven't officially joined the, the Blockchain Real Estate Association, but we would like to. Yeah, I mean they have 400 members, and and I mean there's just a handful of you. I feel like it's the movie 300, where you know each soldier is equivalent to a thousand. I, I mean there's like 400 members there, and I don't really hear too much going on. But every time I log into my computer, there's another headline about you guys doing a partnership, demoing, getting the alpha ready. I mean you guys are killing it. We've been busy making yeah. it, making Super the busy. platform. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're. I mean, they're really acting as sort of um, you know, spreading the word about this and acting as a, sort of a nonprofit organization, from my understanding. Um, more of an education side of things, where we're more in the development side of things, trying to make a a, a profitable and a system that can actually be used by, um, by the community. You know, obviously, there's other people out there that are making uh, you know headway, at least in the international markets, trying to make systems happen. Uh, but we're just focusing on what we're doing. <laughs> You Not know, worrying you, about too much else. You mentioned something there that I'm 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 kind of curious about and I don't quite understand. You said you want to make a profitable profitable model. Can you explain a little bit in detail how Ubiquity makes profit in this in this whole thing? That's a great question. Well, you know, we we are still working on the the pricing for this. So we're going to have a, like a multi-tiered type system. Uh, we want to make a software as a service type platform. 
Um, right now, we're still working that out. I mean, we just want to make sure we have a system that works, that uh, we get feedback from the industry on what they're willing to pay. Um, so that's still something that we're researching and getting feedback on from our early users. Uh, but we're going to have some kind of like a software as a service licensing type platform in place. I get a, I get a perk. I do it for free. Mm. <laughs> she gets it. Yeah, she gets it for free. For now. Exactly. For feedback. <laughs> Not for free, for feedback. Yeah, well, you get equity. <laughs> I work for feedback. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's something that we're still formulating. I, I think it would be really naive for us to just jump in and say, this is what we're going to charge. Um before we start listening to who, you know, what our customers really want to pay. Um, so that's something we're still formulating. And frankly speaking, we wouldn't be charging for a pre-alpha system, let alone alpha. And when we get more into beta with our platform, then we'll have that a little bit more formulated and we can make that public. That's really, so I have this, it's an interesting thing I want to try and ask. And if I, I hope I can get out while I have this concept that I, I try and, force myself to do and that is to try and free myself from the frameworks of how things used to work and because when we implement things into a blockchain we always emulate how they work and that's yeah. somewhat constraining ourselves into what could possibly be uh, in terms of what we want to do with transferring value whatever that value may be what do you see implementing real estate and and title transfer in the blockchain expanding on how we have done things traditionally in the past Yeah, Matt, did you want to give that one a shot? <laughs> so, yeah, so one of the things, so you, so how will we ex you said how will we expand or who will we disintermediate? Well, what, what, what is possible now if we try and free ourselves from the constraints of, of just emulating how things are done now? What, 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 is, what can we do next that isn't quite available now? Well, so one of the, I mean, this is kind of something I touched on earlier, but it's the decentralization of property records. So the, the records are stored now kind of at the county level in many, many different areas that are scattered about. It's labor-intensive process. And just putting them in one place, that that's completely and utterly different. And, and, and then any sort of application that goes on top of that. So... You know, when we first start, start talking about you know Bitcoin, we, you can, can kind of compare it to uh, TCP/IP, but for money, right? Or SMTP, but for money, right? And no one could have understood what uh, SMTP, what what kind of applications you would have built on top of email, you know, in 1997, right? You know, Gmail storage, all that kind of stuff. We couldn't have imagined. Well, now we have a system where, in hopefully soon we can trade the token for legal ownership with each other with the click of a button and the signature of our identity um, uh, of our with our digital signature that's verified yeah. in some sort of blockchain ID. Well, what types of markets come about there? How easy is it to sell or buy or trade or rent um, when the actual ownership is represented on a seamless peer-to-peer -peer platform? I don't know. I, I think anyone that does know is either stupid or, or lying, but, uh, you know. It, or both. Or both, right? So yeah. that, that's where, I mean, I, you know, to be able to trade some ownership so seamlessly and frictionlessly, um, yeah. different types of applications and, and ways to make money on top of that and ways to, to I, I, it's just blue ocean, man. There's so much it out is. <laughs> and to add to, to what Matt said, I, I really agree with what he talked about, you know, for the protocols that were underlying the, the internet, right? The, the TCPIPs and SMTP and, and different protocols that were underlying these platforms that are out there. I think a lot of us, you know, at Ubiquity, or all of us, I'd hope, um, all believe that we're sort of like the web browser, the, graph, the first web graphical web browser that came out. Well, we're incorporating a lot of these different protocols. We're not claiming to reinvent the blockchain or try to create our own blockchain or try to reinvent um, the underlying technology. We're just taking advantage of it without reinventing the wheel and having just like we're going to be a platform on top of all these other systems. And, and we truly believe with, with Ubiquity platform, we'll be able to just, like you said, Blue Ocean, we'll do tons of stuff like creating a property health record with adding surveys, flood elevation certificates, so uh, builder warranties, you name it. So I'm going to pull a Spider-Man on you and say that with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and uh, like, what what does it mean to lose your key associated with your title or it gets stolen or something along those lines? 
those governance, so so those th- different types of identity and governance things haven't really right now. They're not. They don't matter on our system. Yeah. Uh, the the only thing that matters on our system is that we're going to be vetting trusted entities such as a large title company or or people that or a bank or mortgage thing that want to put records on here and whatever they put on we we don't uh, we don't care now we will have to ensure that we have proper key management and there are lots of different services out there that do that um, uh, you know in the beginning we, we don't necessarily need that because we're not making money and it doesn't matter what's on it at this point in time because it's not legally representative that's also a problem that's also being addressed separately in the whole yeah. space by itself. Yeah. Yeah. And and so in the future, if your token represents your legal ownership, I mean the 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 process the onerous process of being able to have your your key management will will mean to be really, really, really rigorous. And I mean, I think they're still kind of developing those types of things um yeah. of out there and, and uh, that would be someone that Christian would probably be able to comment on a little bit more. Well, most definitely, Matt. You know, one of the things that we've we've looked into the, some of these stats that are out there, like title title fraud, um, a fraudulent conveyance on title, a billion dollar a year problem in the U.S. This happens like, quite a lot. I've seen tons of stories that have been coming out in um, in New York. I post this quite a lot on our Twitter feed on Ubiquity uh, underscore IO. If you want to follow us. And we, we just get tons of this stuff. People are always falsifying records and doing that kind of thing. And we really think that eventually with Ubiquity, you could have a multi-sig type piece of hardware, uh, you know, key, like a, like a modular hardware key that could have multi-sig that, you know, say you hold one, the bank holds one, the title um, insurance company holds one. In order to execute that transaction, you would need to have all those parties um, working together to make that happen. Um, will it prevent all types of fraud? Probably not, but I think it would definitely mitigate it and over time help to, um, to really save the industry a lot of money and homeowners in the end, thus saving money and thus reducing costs. Man, would, would a modern attorney even even know uh, real estate fraud if they saw it? Like, would they be able to recognize the, uh, I guess, uh, I guess the first step is under, understanding the types of real estate fraud that are popular with scammers. I mean, are they knowledgeable? Uh, I would I would think so. Um, I mean, Marina, I guess you you probably see this quite a lot more than us blockchain people. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a lot of real estate. Uh, I mean, uh, clever. There's clever people out there. Uh, there's people that can simply you know pay a notary off and mm-hmm. have a notarized gift deed, a gift deed notarized or a quick claim deed. There are so many things that that are out there already that are falsified and it's so much easier with a paper record it's so much easier that there's not a digital sort of ledger that tracks it and you know you there's plenty of people notaries who can be paid off and a lot of times they can even claim oh someone stole my notary stamp or whatever and yeah. if there's a ledger that electronically immediately sort of records it there's so mm-hmm. much less chance of someone being willing to be paid off or, you know, pretending like they lost their notary stamp. But unraveling these issues that already exist is so expensive. So even if we sort of record them and we're not legally, um, you know, we're not legally recognized yet, once we build a big enough record, and not even a big enough record, anytime it starts, um, anytime there's a problem and it goes to court, it sets a precedent, right? That's how our system is built in general. And all it's going to take is a few graphic experts to go in court and be like, yeah, this is this is more legit than your county records, you know, and it'll build a precedent and very quickly be very, very accessible and acceptable and hopefully eventually transform and make things easier in my daily world. That could definitely be... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that, you know, this really reminds me of the of the what Google used to always say, don't be evil. Well, yeah. with the Bitcoin, with, with Bitcoin, it's can't be evil. And we truly believe that with with blockchain and with our platform, we're going to be able to help <laughs> help homeowners with that as well, and be like, you know what, you really can't be with with this because there's a verified record of, of tracking all of this stuff. So, awesome. um, so and also, this would be attractive to banks because there's so much regulation for the secondary mortgage market when they um it's complicated, but basically, um tracking who owns the deed on the secondary mortgage market when they sell 
bundles of deeds to each other of 10,000 deeds here and there. It's the regulators are fining banks left and right, Wells Fargo, Bank of America. They're all getting fined for improper foreclosures and such a paperwork hot mess on the back end that this will be a benefit eventually to them because yeah. it'll sort of help protect them from the regulators extorting them for, you know, fines that they're, they'd rather pay than fight. I was about to say yeah. that. It seems like one of the ways that this thing could um, really show its uh, its potential is through proving what the current system can't do. So, you know, in court cases or, you know, you know proving fraud of showing a record of where things have been transacted, so on and so forth, uh, because you're doing it in parallel, as well as, you know, when these have these massive buyouts or, you know, tra transfer of, of deeds, they can, they have, you know, they have, they know exactly where things are and where things need to go. But yeah, we could talk about this ad infinitum because it's, it's a really interesting topic and it's, probably going to revolutionize how we I hate to say that because it's such the you know the the standard stereotype you know revolutionize everything but this is one of the use <laughs> cases in which it probably will um, but we, we like have that. to wrap up the show unfortunately and so we have you guys gotta just keep coming back on you can have to just do it again sorry well, absolutely. You know, like I just want to say one thing with with our platform when we're starting with this is, you know, having a clean record is critical, uh, and it makes future ownership transfers easier and less cumbersome. And that's what we really truly believe we want to do. And just start simple and and go from there. Right, so we have one more question. And yeah, since Marina, I'm you're ready. on. This, you're 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 the new one here. <laughs> we're gonna have to give it to you, uh, and it'd be interesting to actually get it from someone who's somewhat, I guess, you can consider a blockchain noob. Uh, in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? Oh, man, I should have prepared for this. <laughs> That's the best. People. It's better when you don't. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Best thing since sliced bread? I don't know. I was totally making that up. <laughs> it's ten under 10 words. words. You've at least beaten about half of the people on the show. Yeah, most people fail. How many words is that? Best Five? thing since sliced bread? Five? You got it in half. You're that efficient. <laughs> can I can I give a shot? Like, yeah, like go ahead. Give it a shot. Bitcoin's a peer-to-peer -peer revolution of money ain't fiat. Oh, you may have gone over there. <laughs> we'll, we'll count peer-to-peer as -peer one word because it's hyphenated. How about that? Uh, okay, there you go. Thank you. Nailed it. Um. All right. Well, uh, thanks, guys, for coming on the show. This uh, I actually enjoyed having so many of you on at the same time. We didn't talk over each other. It was great. Uh, let's do it again. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. so much, guys. Give our regards to Christian. We missed him. Yeah, we missed him. We did couldn't do our McKibbins and Saucy. Yeah. Yeah, you got off easy this time. Yeah. You're still gonna <laughs> yeah, get I'm sweet keeping... graphics though. That's still coming on. You know, guys, I'm I'm waiting for a picture of me as as the police chief holding a cigar and a glass of whiskey, saying, "Come on, McKibbin and Saucy, get back to work." <laughs> Little do you know it exists already. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think Marcello's been so quiet this whole time? <laughs> oh, Marcello. And then you have to squeeze me in somehow. The only uh, thing. Oh, we can fit you in. Don't worry. There's the... cars. <laughs> I got everybody. All right. <laughs> awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Let's All do right, it again. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And that was the interview with the Ubiquity team. For the first time, we had the CEO on the show, Nathan Wozniak, hitting this up, uh, as well as Marina Resnick, I believe. And we had Matt McKibben as well. Saucy, I couldn't make it, but it was a very interesting conversation and a very interesting application of Bitcoin, not just as a currency, but, you know, actually using it, finding a bona fide use case, putting uh, you know, titles, deeds, land stuff, house stuff. I don't know. I haven't bought one, but I know it's intense paperwork. And they're putting it on the blockchain, trying to automate it a little. So I'm excited about use cases that expand the idea of cryptocurrency and make it much more general than just using as uh, trading money around. Because I feel like the majority of the future use cases of, of, of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and blockchain stuff will be outside of me sending you money. And while that is an incredibly important use case of the, of the technology, it's not the only one. And I, I'm, I'm interested to see, I'm excited to see all of the different ideas come about and how they work and what the emergent properties 
of mm-hmm. the programs that work and do these things will be. Yep. I think the theme so, uh, go buy a house with purse. Yeah. Go yeah. go buy a house with purse. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. <laughs> You're but. not very good at advertising, dude. Yeah, if go you, go buy I'm gonna leave it to you. Go buy a house. Go yeah. go buy a house with purse. Um nevertheless, uh let's move I said nevertheless four times. That's five times now. I'm never saying it again. Um <laughs> So, hey, uh, shout out to blockchain for having the most beautiful website in the crypto space. Yeah, they just have a blockchain what? website. Blockchain.info? Blockchain.com. Blockchain.com? That's a thing? Looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful website. Shout out to them. Mm, nice. Is this. Did they change this from blockchain.info? Oh, no, I see what you're saying. Okay, cool. This is nice. Um, Nevertheless, we need to wrap this up. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Nice little midweek for you. A little midnight release action. Um, Let's see. TheBitcoinPodcast.com. That's the website. Go to it. You can sign up for the newsletter so you know when all these new episodes come out. Um, What else? The At the BTC podcast on Twitter. Hit us with a follow and you'll get tweets. You'll know stuff. You'll see stuff and hear stuff from us. We sparked the SoundCloud back up, but we're only going to release the latest episode. So if you're like a SoundCloud junkie and you got to get us, you're only going to be able to hear the latest episode. Uh, maybe the latest two at the most. Um, what else are we What else are we on? Google Play. Um, what else? Hey, man. On? You mind if I... Uh... You mind if I uh, play the outro this week? Yeah, you can do that as soon as I'm done plugging everything. Plugging everything. We got um, purse.io. If you go to the website and you go to the bitcoinpodcast.com, there's a banner on the side. You'll see it says, like, save 15% on Amazon, Bitcoin. Yeah. Click there. Do your shopping through that link. And a little bit of what you spend gets kicked back to us at no extra, like, charge to you or anything. So you do your regular shopping, except for we get, like, little bitty cut so it make the show a little better for us um other than that five stars on itunes that's all i got play the outro
has 752 views. Your article? Yeah. Nice. 752 dorks. No, no shit. I'm talking bad. <laughs> More like not nerds because it's a layman's description. <laughs> They're dorks, not nerds. I'm a nerd, not a dork. You can talk to women. Bitches love the other nerds. way around. Bitches hate dorks. I thought nerds, although they can't talk to nerds. Nerds there's, can't talk. There's nerds, dorks, and dweebs. Geeks. Uh, geeks, not dweebs. Geeks, yeah. And uh, subtle differences between the three. I think what you don't want to be out of all of those is a dork. <laughs> Isn't it a dork a whale penis? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like the literal definition of a dork. But in terms of social uh, adjectives, a dork is something you don't want to be. I mean, I don't want to be a whale penis either. A whale penis is 15 feet long. Worst things to be in the world. I'd rather be a geek than a nerd or a dork. Why? What is a geek and what's the difference? Geeks are cool. There's Why are geeks cool? Because geeks are what you think of when you think of the Big Bang Theory. No, those are nerds. Okay, look. The dictionary described from Oxford English Dictionary, a geek is someone who's unfashionable or socially inept. Yeah, Fuck that's not... That. Well, what's nerd then? Someone who is abnormally um, knowledgeable about a very esoteric subject. Yes, boringly studious. <clears throat> All right, what's a dork? Whale's dick. Fucking dork. I don't know, man. Let's look that shit I up. I just don't want to be a dingus. Like, that guy's <laughs> a fucking dingus. I'm pretty sure you're, you're, what you don't want to be is a jabroni. Yeah, I'll never be that. Jabroni is something no one wants to be. Nope, never that. Except for Chris Brown, maybe. Wow. We were really trying to hurry to start this episode until that debate kicked in. <laughs> this debate's going to be part of the episode, so it doesn't matter.